Atlantic City died twice. The famous old resort of the Steel Pier and the Grand Hotels died when jet airplanes and interstate highways made it easy for families to go elsewhere. The community where people lived and worked and worshipped, that community died after casino gambling came to town. Howdy, it's Wednesday, October 11th, 2023, and this is episode 212 of Two for a Win, the Atlantic City podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined as always by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Last episode, we said the Baltimore Orioles are good, and then they got swept out of the playoffs. Yeah. AL East, 0-7. It was terrible. Uh, You were very negative about it, and Uh, I feel like you put that energy into the world. I said... They had a 7 out of 8 chance of not winning the World Series, which I thought was appropriate. And it's hard to say whether I was right or not, but I'll stand by what I said. (laughs) So, Atlantic City, New Jersey, we have stuff to talk about. Mainly that I may be going in 10 days. Is that true? Because surely last time we talked, you said that you were not going to be going because it was preposterous given that your parents-in-law had just watched your kids for a while. Yeah, I mean, they had watched them for four nights, but... Out of nowhere, my wife the other day was like, do you have a room booked for your birthday in Atlantic City? I thought you did. And I was like, no, I didn't think there was any chance of that happening. And she texted her parents and they're fine watching the kids for one night only. Mm -hmm. I'm a little nervous to even bring it up on the show because the last four, if not five times I've planned a trip with my wife, we've canceled it. Yeah, I hope you enjoy like whatever terrible illness is about to befall your family. I know. I don't want to talk too much about planning because I feel very jinxy about it. Uh Where are you going to be staying in theory? So I'm booked at Tropicana. Okay. When I checked Borgata for the brief period when their website was working, it was like 180 something dollars before taxes. Mm -hmm. And I was tempted because I have $75 free play and $75 like birthday special free Mm -hmm. play on top of that. And no resort fees. Yeah, and no resort fees, but I'm not sure quite what the experience at Borgata would be like right now. It seems like they're still dealing with a lot of nonsense, and it seems like it might be a pain to get the free play in the first place. Is it back down now, everything? Because it seemed like, to me, when I last checked like a week ago, everything actually did look back up. So yeah, I was able to check prices for a couple days, and then yesterday and today I I can't Uh, log into my account. So I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, it seems like it's going great. It's just going fantastic. Should have been like Caesars and just pay them. Yeah, I saw in one of the Facebook groups, somebody said that you can't go to the MGM rewards desk to check your comp balances. But somehow if you go to a restaurant and use your comps, they'll be able to see what your comp balances is. But that seems very weird. Or you should just go and be like, put this dinner on my comp, please. And then they'll never know that you didn't actually have comps. Just leave. Hmm? By the way, you should not do what Caesars did. Do not pay the hackers. Hey, their website's working, and that's why I'm booked at Tropicana. So you pay the hackers. You get Craig Stone's business, the, truly the highest of high rollers. Yeah, on a trip with my wife, no less. Yes, which yeah. will certainly destroy all my Caesar's straight, straight to the punitive rates. Yeah. Although, if you had gone to MGM, they wouldn't have known that you didn't play at all. Oh, so good point. You wouldn't have gotten the punitive rates. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Maybe I should keep checking the Borgata rates. <laughs> I was thinking I would stay at Caesars because of the hook and maybe Super Frico. On my rate calendar, every night at Caesars is comped except Saturday, October 21st. 
Oof. <laughs> and it's $254. <laughs> so uh, I have a, a screenshot of my calendar that just shows like comp for literally everything. And the only thing that is not comped is Caesars on the date that I want to go. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I'm booked at Tropicana. I booked North Tower. Oh, North Tower. So South Tower is the only tower I have not stayed in. Well, I haven't stayed in Chelsea Tower either, but I'm not going to do that because yeah, I, I don't, don't hate myself. I think I've ever stayed in North, but maybe I have. I don't know. Yeah, I stayed in North. You've been in my room, I'm pretty sure. It was a very big room with, like, not nearly enough furniture. <laughs> uh, it was old. It was very old. And it was big. Very big. It was like, you know, Atlantic Club, sort of. Gigantic. Very empty. Sort of out of date. Well, Okay. As long as it's clean and, I mean, it's close to the casino floor, which I don't actually care that much about, but... It is the closest to the casino floor. So, we'll see if I actually end up staying there. As you know, I love just repeatedly checking the rates and, and making yeah. changes just for the sake of making changes. And you also love not going to Atlantic City with your wife. That's true. More importantly. So, very quickly, the only plans I have, The Hook, Saturday night, probably the late show, because the early show tickets start at like 128 bucks. All the cheaper seats are sold out. And then I can't decide if I want to do Super Frico before that or to go somewhere else. I looked at Knife and Fork. It's mostly booked up. October 21st, everybody wants to go to AC. They heard I might do, go. Do, do the Super Frico, man. Yeah, it looks pretty good. good. for the pod. You know, I don't really want to do that because I don't love Italian food. So, And then also for the pod, I'm thinking Hash House a go-go for breakfast Ooh. instead of Gilchrist. I think that's smart. I've only been to the one in the IP. It was the IP when I went. Oh, so. really? Yeah. I think my wife would appreciate the larger menu than Gilchrist has, like more interesting breakfast food. So I think that's the way to go. Yeah. So, so that's my plan. Next episode, probably, we'll be talking about this because this is only 10 days away. I think we probably have to do, though, the data is going to come out. So we probably have to do like a data heavy episode and then do the trip report. I mean, we have to. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's what the people want. So that's what we got to do. I have a clarification from last episode. Okay. Island Water Park annual pass. Because we didn't talk about it enough in the last episode. That was the feedback I got. It was just not enough breakdown of the I understand prices. That. The annual pass, we were sort of questioning how long it's for. It's for one year from the date of purchase. It is okay. a true annual pass. Oh, that's good. It's a good deal. That's not bad. If you're like a local, you know, I think that's a good expenditure of $400, maybe. The only other news update I have is that somebody just today, I think, posted in the Wong's Casino Adventures private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. If you know, you know. That B-Bar at Borgata is closed until October 24th. Yeah. So that's another reason for me not to stay at It takes Borgata. a long time to change those machines to like, you know, 6.5 from 9.5. <laughs> that was one of the first co comments. <laughs> if they're doing any sort of renovation, that yeah. probably means the video poker is getting worse, <laughs> which is probably true, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, by the way, I didn't I didn't mention a few episodes ago, and also we've skipped Always Once Never, so we may want to go back and do that. But I did go to, when we met up and went to an Orioles game, uh, I went to the Horseshoe. And, you know, the, the most enraging thing about the Horseshoe, well, there's a lot of bad things about the Horseshoe. But I think to get full comped video poker, it's 7-5 only. 8-5 oh is like too rich for them to give you 10, you know, whatever, $10 in per per reward credit or whatever it is per tier credit so that's 25 per for eight five have to be seven five to get, get out of here horseshoe that's it's despicable. awful it's just awful awful you're right we forgot about always once never let's do that now i was thinking it was going to be mostly a mailbag episode so i brought in a mailbag always once never uh-huh from mailbag superstar pat g pat g mvp and he said for always once never stretches of the boardwalk North, Central, and South. Uh-huh. 
And then as a twist on it, consider what the answer would be in episode one versus now. All right. Go ahead. Now, like North, Central, South, are we saying North starts at resorts and goes up to ocean? Yeah, I think that's right. And then Central right now is just Bally's and Caesars, right? And then South or, is... Or maybe, like, you could say North starts at Tennessee Ave or whatever it goes up, and then yeah. Central is somewhere past Caesars. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the other side of the uh, boardwalk hall or something. I think those are good regions. South is just Tropicana. That would make Irish Pub on the central part of the boardwalk, I think. But, uh, you know, Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall on the north part. Even though neither of those are, like, really on the boardwalk. Yeah. Try to keep it on the boardwalk, but also consider not just casinos. So in the south part, like, yes, Tropicana's there alone, but it's got Beer Garden. Mm -hmm. It's got Steel's Fudge. There's another uh, beer garden thing, I think, just past the old Atlantic Club, too, that we've never been to. Oh, interesting. There's the bungalow yep. restaurant slash hookah bar thing. All right, you've got notes. Why don't you give your thoughts first? For right now, I think it's very, very obvious. I think always is the North Stretch with resorts, ocean, hard rock, steel pier, showboat. Like, I think you just, I just have to give it to that. And then... <laughs> Showboats are really the only important one for you. Right. I mean, I can't get rid of Lucky Snake or the water park. Right. Once is the central portion. Although I do think the central portion right now is like significantly worse than it was. Right. Certainly in episode, in episode one, it would be the always. Not even close. I really wanted to go contrarian and say Tropicana, but like with the hook and Super Freako and the stuff that Caesars is doing, maybe less so the stuff that Bally's is doing. I have to say at least once for Caesars, and then the south part into the ocean. I mean, there's no good part of the boardwalk to put into the ocean. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's mine for now. You think? W what about you? But to me, I think like some of the, the casinos are sort of interchangeable with each other. So I think Beer Garden is maybe worth a bit more than, than what you're putting, because that's really like a, only one thing like that in Atlantic City that I know of. Like on the boardwalk, yeah. beer hall, beer garden. Like, just a great place to be in the summer. Yeah. The, the, the yard sort of tries to do that, but it doesn't succeed. Yeah, but it does a bad job of it. <laughs> yeah. So where are you going? I don't know. I thought that you were going to be like, this is another super obvious one. You're an idiot. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think the South Park's going into the ocean, but I don't know what that means. So I'm trying to think about it. <laughs> I mean, you because can't, you can't put the North Park in the ocean. And you can't put the Central part in the ocean, right? Right. Uh, to me, uh, you can't put the Water Park into the ocean. Right, because that's, that's, again, it's, you know, there's only one thing like that. And though I've never been, I don't know what it's like. It can't go to the ocean. Can the Central Park go in the ocean? Caesars and Valleys? There's nothing else, right? Boardwalk Hall. You can't really put Boardwalk Hall in the ocean either. Yeah, that, that seems like that would be unfortunate. All right, I guess South has to go in the ocean. But I don't think it was obvious at all. Every time? The place I want to go, like, every time the most on the boardwalk is Beer Garden, right? Which you've just put in the ocean. Right. So, like, do I care if I'm at, like, Caesars versus, you know... Hard Rock? Like, I don't really. You and I differ a lot in that. I don't find the casinos to be particularly interchangeable. Mm -hmm. I say as someone who just booked Trop. Right. Which, I don't like Trop very much. For a trip with my wife, the biggest downer thing about Tropicana is the casino itself. Yep. And if you're not going to gamble... Uh-huh. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. Wife. Like, it has a lot of restaurant and bar options. It has three breakfast places. You know, you can go right outside and just spend a few hours in the Chelsea Inn take my wife for a very fancy dinner at tony's baltimore grill yeah there you go oh you can't put this out uh i just don't know just say it 
The only no, I can't say it because that would mean the only casino that I could go to every time I was in Atlantic City is the Trop, and I just cannot do that. All right, you've already put the South oh, I could part go to the marina. Show. I could go to the marina. This would be fine. That's true. Yes, you can still go to the marina. All right, Central Park's going in the ocean once in the north, always south, and I'll just actually always be at the marina. Always south. Yeah. So you're going to the beer garden in Tropicana every single time. If the weather's real shit, I'll go to the you know Tropicana or you know. Gilchrist is attached to the trop that counts as being on the ocean, you know, or uh, Tony's Baltimore Grill probably doesn't count. That's not. Mm, I think it's a little too off the boardwalk. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Wow. It's tough. It's tough. Final answer. Always south. Once more north into the ocean central. Interesting. Sorry, boardwalk hall. For me, the only thing that like really wants me to keep the north is like a maybe the water park if that works out we just don't know enough yet i mean maybe that'll put itself into the ocean <laughs> like you know yeah by just not being used and be resorts but i always say i want to go to resorts but i never do so do i really want to go to resorts that bad apparently not yeah i just think it's too terrible to lose three casinos i mean i like everything up there like i like ocean i don't more like than the you ocean, like ocean or the hard rock so. i like hard rock more than you like hard rock and i, I definitely like don't like snake. showboat yeah so. <laughs> So we differ greatly on that one, interestingly. Yeah. So going to the second part of the question, what would the answer be for episode one? So episode one. It was probably it was the ACH the at that point. Was, no, ACH would have been gone already. Uh, episode one, Atlanta Club was already closed. It closed in 2014. Yeah, when yeah. was our first episode? In November 2015. Okay. So it would have been the Taj in the north, like the very horrific form of the Taj, I think. Yeah, closed Revel. Revel would have been gone. So it would be only resorts and showboat was already gone, right? So it would be resorts only north and terrible Taj. Yeah, the north would go in the ocean, 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the north was absolutely the worst part of the city at that point. The worst and part tro- of the Tropicana only would be once more. I mean, maybe because I like resorts more, you know, I could make the north my once and throw Tropicana in the ocean. But like... It would be no doubt about it. Like, Central had to stay. <laughs> well, that wouldn't have been close. At that time, it was Bally's, Caesars, Wild Wild West combined. Yep. And then also had Boardwalk Hall there. Yeah, Central, far and away, which you also interestingly threw in the ocean right now. <laughs> I did just throw in the ocean. Episode but... one, always Central, absolutely. I would say South once, even though at that time it was only Tropicana. Only Just Tropicana. because I think the North was so bad at that point. Yeah. It was only resorts, effectively, because the Taj was nothing. You know what was in the central part of the boardwalk for both iterations? Oh, the pier. The Rainforest Cafe. Oh, and, and, and oh also, Cafe. yeah. So the central part in episode one had the pier that was... Would have had the pier. And and certainly it wouldn't have been the same as it was before, but at least there was probably a couple of restaurants still open. Then. It did still have the Continental. The Continental. It had Bud- Budokan. Yeah. I, I, no brainer. The central would have had to stay. And now central just sucks. Okay. I mean, I like Caesars, but... It needs a casino renovation. The new Starbucks looks nice. You gave us homework. I did give us homework. Which I forgot about until the last minute. Until I texted you that I was going to rewatch the documentary or whatever, news report. Just like when I had homework in real school. Mm -hmm. Very last minute. Yep. So hopefully everyone saw the show notes and linked to it. If not, you can still watch it. Just pause the podcast, go spend your, like, 53 minutes minutes or whatever. Oh, yeah, there's, like, six minutes at the end that you don't have to watch. How much did you like, by the way, the end? The terrible, terrible CBS song. Oh, my goodness. It It was was brutal. And it, like, I thought it ended. It just kept going. And then they just show, like, a guy on a cowboy, and they're like, it's the heart of America. It's like, (laughs) what is this? What, What... 
was going on in 1986. <laughs> so, yes, we'll link to right. it again, but we have to talk about it because there's so much to talk about. Indeed. Thank you for finding it. Legitimately, my opening note is I think this special news report from CBS News is actually so good. And it's very much worth watching even in 2023, even with, uh, you know, the big Vodafone logo or whatever over <laughs> the whole yeah, time. It's not Vodafone. It's something else. But uh, whatever it is. Yeah. So CBS News special report, Big Gamble in Atlantic City. That's what it's called. I'll link to it again. I agree. I think if you like this show, this podcast... You will like this episode. It talks about Atlantic City in great detail. It talks right. about the casino industry. It, it talks has a lot about of comps. characters that you'll know about. Yes, exactly. Steve Wynn and Angelo and, and Mary from Mary's Luncheonette. And... Some lady who owned a parking thing. <laughs> she was quite a character. Steve Wynn had no time for her. <laughs> no time. I think just overall, I found it very interesting that when you mentioned it, I think I said on the episode, oh, it must have been very positive towards the casinos because it's 10 years after gambling was right. legalized. It was eight years after resorts opened. And, you know, the casinos were doing incredibly well and there's all this development. And it was not positive at all. It was incredibly negative, I thought. Uh-huh. And in a lot of ways, when you looked at the video of the city, it looked worse than it does now. Right. Like just empty lots and stuff being torn down and not built yet and right. stuff that's like sort of earmarked for casino development that's not there yet. Right. The the only difference I think between what you'll see in this show from 1986 and like how things are now, I think all of the problems in the city are still the same. Uh, you know, the only difference is that they talked about in the show like a few times, the only people who have won were the land speculators and like there was obviously still this like real estate boom in Atlantic City then. Um, that was influencing a bunch of people. And like, obviously that doesn't really exist now. I mean, I think it's starting to exist a little bit again. I think real estate prices are, are beginning to come up and become a little more attractive. But I mean, other than that, I think it's like very relevant for the way things are now. Yeah. A lot of the things that they talk about are, are very relevant. They talk about the suburbs really being the winners because right. all the jobs went to people who are in the bedroom communities. I, I still think that everybody that works in Atlantic City lives in, you know, a Garber Township or... Absolutely. Or, you know, or, yeah. Pleasantville or yeah, something like that. Um, so that I think is, is incredibly relevant. Hearing the people's perspective from sort of what they thought was going to happen when they were parading down the streets after gambling was legalized versus the reality was very interesting. There was sort of this sense of this will never be a family place. Families will never right. come here again. The church saying there's not a single kid in the parish at the church anymore. And I think there's been a couple of attempts, like there was an attempt in the 90s, I think, to get more right. family-friendly stuff that really failed. Right. I, I mean, I think they've done some stuff to make it a little bit better since then. Steel Beer has come back, obviously, since since then and is a thing now. There's a water park just now in 2023 that's opened. So there's like a couple more things. But no, nothing like wide scale has ever really been done to this point. But you do actually see families in Atlantic City. I'll say you, yeah, I yeah. think you see a lot of families in Atlantic City. I think it's different than it was in 1986 when it was by far probably the biggest gambling market in the world. Yeah, I think actually it was probably 10 years after this video to do the video again. I would be really interested to see because I think at that point, what I was picturing in 86, I think was probably more like 96. Yeah, I think 96 was like really the height of Atlantic City's powers. Yeah, so then you're talking about the Taj Mahal is already built. Yep. You've got play, what, before the playground, the one pier the caesar's pier uh the million dollar pier you know what i'm picturing is like the warner big warner brothers store on the boardwalk is sort of this 
signal of this is something that you'd see in like mall of america <laughs> and it's on the boardwalk like clearly there is a market for fancy-ish stores for families also right uh so the boardwalk just seemed very different and that that had not happened yet in 86 mm-hmm. so so that was really interesting yeah it seemed like the only people who were like really buying property and growing were the casinos in 86 like all the casinos were still coming in and they even you know mentioned a bunch of the casinos and and how it sounded a bit of you know, with the golden nugget and the atlantis and, and, and things like that certainly came up yeah and i th- i think it was never said at the time but i think there was still this expectation that all of these empty lots i mean everybody was just buying up lots and tearing stuff down to make way mm-hmm. for casinos right right obviously this is before the crda as well which i think probably came in to help take care of some of the aftermath of that even though they didn't really do anything <laughs> and so i think there was this idea that there was just going to be wall to wall casinos in atlantic city like right. it was not going to stop at nine or 12 or wherever it got to it was just going to be like vegas where just everything was casinos everywhere and that never happened obviously you know at some point (laughs) you hit capacity and and the competition just can't take it anymore the juxtaposition of like 86 versus now in a lot of ways i think atlantic city like looks better now than it did then like physically looks better i think there's a lot of things that make Atlantic City now more healthy than it was back then. And I think a big reason of that is that obviously the casinos have failed compared to the way they were in 86 or whatever. They're much less important for the city now, even though they're still by far the most important thing for the city. Uh, I think it's much less casino centric these days than it was back then when, like I said, it was the biggest gambling town in the world. Yeah. That was really interesting just to see it. I think it was presented really well. Like, I think the guy yeah, did no. a great job. <laughs> like Bill Moyers, like, he was absolutely fantastic. I think it was really well done. You know, I think he did a, a great job putting this this piece together. So do you want to go through any of the highlights? What stuff really jumped out to you? First, you know, I'm I'm really sad that me and you can't go to Luigi's Restaurant or oh, whatever. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> just, just fantastic. Th- thousand people a night. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the MVP of the show to me of like all these semi-famous Atlantic City people or whatever between, you know, Angelo and Steve Wynn, by, by far the most famous person that was on here. There was some some random art dealer, the guy who owned the Marburg Blenheim or whatever. Like, I think absolutely everything that dude said was like perfect and like dead on. And like, I think he just had some some bangers for for quotes. Yeah, he nailed everything. I mean, he like everything he said was relevant today. Right, like everything aged super well. Just couldn't have laid things out any any better. You know, he he mentioned that he was asked by Bill Moyers, who runs the city, or like, is it the government? Is it the casinos or whatever? And he's like, man, this is Atlantic City. Like, no one has ever run the city. It's like you know, exists as a place that you can just come in and do what you want or whatever. That's the way it's always been. I thought that was great. Do the casinos run this town? Nobody runs the town. The town is without a government. It's without politicians. It just, the town just happens. There's no running of this town. There's nothing, there's nobody here that's planning beyond the next 20 minutes. Yes, nobody has ever looked beyond the next 20 minutes, which I thought was absolutely perfect and, and great. They were walking around the boardwalk or whatever, and like, you know, a big part of this was saying how much worse the boardwalk was than it was 10 years ago. And, you know, this guy is like, look around, like, the boardwalk is never going to be this nice again. This is the nicest it's ever going to be again, yeah. which I think is like absolutely perfect and, and you know, turned out to be the case. Yeah, that guy just, I think he was the MVP of, of the show for me, some dude I've never heard of. Yeah, he also connected, I think, something that when they interviewed some of the merchants and some of the residents there was sort of this 
blind spot of the time leading up to 1978, I guess, right? And I have to say, like, another person who, who mentioned that was Angelo of Angelo's Fairmount Tavern, where he mentioned at the very end of the show, look, we had to try something. Like, the town was already failing in, in the 70s, and we tried everything else. We had to try casinos because it was the only thing that we hadn't tried to this point, uh, which I thought was nice because, you know, the way it's laid out in a lot of the the rest of the episode is that, you know, things were great before the casinos came in, which which they weren't. So it was nice to hear Angelo mention that. Yeah, I don't, and I, I don't think that Bill Moyers laid it out as things were great. I think he did say, you some know, of the, some of the residents and stuff, I think, laid it out that way. Yeah, because they do, obviously, you know, there's, the people were celebrating in the streets for a reason. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Atlantic City was in this bad place before 1976. Right. And the art dealer guy also did say that it was dying before. But yeah, the residents and I think some of the merchants had this blind spot of the 70s leading up to 78 of oh yeah we did a thousand people a night in our restaurant and like the boardwalk had these great big stores and you could sell stuff to kids but the reality was people were leaving already like people weren't coming to atlantic city at that point and that's the reason that casinos happened it's like it's not like the town was this great town to live in in 1975 and then casinos came in in 1978 it blew it all away. So, like the re- the older residents, especially, I think, were saying, "Oh, this was such a nice place to live, and now we just like are here in this shell of a town." But like, it was probably going to be mostly a shell of a town without the casinos. Not to totally say that casinos were great, but I think there was that little sort of gap in looking in nostalgia that people had, where they're like falling into this trap For of sure. saying, "Like, oh, everything used to be so much better," ignoring like what it would actually be. Right. Anyway. Especially the longtime residents. Yeah. There are a couple quotes from Bill Moyers. I mean, the end quote where he talks about Atlantic City dying twice. Uh-huh. His opening monologue was just, just fantastic. Atlantic City, you see, had been down on its luck. The tourists had stopped coming. Unemployment was rising and neighborhoods were dying. This queen of resorts was beginning to look like a tattered old bag lady huddled on a boardwalk bench. I have to say, Bill Moyers has like the absolutely like perfect 1960s like radio broadcast voice <laughs> that you want from this kind of guy too. Yeah, the section also that I thought was really great. I mean, everything about it was really great. Uh, but uh, when he goes into the talk about comps and you know how they draw uh, people to the casino, I love both both of the people, both the uh, the high roller and the the slot player that they. Oh yeah, that they did just amazing. So they they interview a high roller guy. They interview a lady who's a slot player who takes so, the bus three times a day, $11 bus, and gets a $10 roll of quarters to play yep. in the slots. And how she, and she says that some people do it five times a day. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine just getting a roll of quarters when you got off the bus instead of, you know, vouchers like these days? Yeah. It is interesting, though. Like, so she says the bus is $11, and they give you $10 in quarters. All right. And she says as she runs out of her $10, she goes home, and then she does it again. And she would sometimes do it three times in a day. Right. But you're losing a dollar every time. If you just bring $30, you only have to go on the bus once and you save $3, $2. These are the people who gamble. These are the slot people who play slots. My yeah, compatriots may, may, Maybe there's slots. some way that you could, you know, buy the bus for $9 or $8 or something. <laughs> you know, because surely she was saying like, people were doing this as like their full-time jobs, like just going and getting the quarters and coming back. Like she was saying people were doing it five times a day, but it does not make sense at $11, no. getting $10 of quarters. Yeah. No, it makes no sense. No. 
Also, the, the high roller is just great. My favorite clip was them getting picked up. I had to figure out where 200 Market Street was. Like, I had to do it. When he's like, yeah, pick me up at the normal place. The usual you know, spot. 200 Market yeah. Street. And I'm like, oh, where is this? I thought it was New York, but it apparently is in Newark, if you were curious where that clip was. Oh, like, great. Interesting. This dude's getting picked up in the ghetto, man. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. The thing that jumped out at me about the high roller is like, oh, everybody did dress up in the 80s to go to the casino. I feel like I sort of have this idea that that's a very old school, like nobody uh-huh. ever did that. This is Atlantic City. Everybody was always in T-shirts and flip-flops. But you know, this guy was dressed to the nines. His wife's name was Bunny, which is perfect 1986. <laughs> Talked exactly like you'd expect, like a cartoon character. Right. And yeah, it was great. The whole limo thing and the whole like little sequence with the host was great. It was good. Raul, Raul the host, calling him up. The beautiful shot of the like 1986 monitor with all his information on it. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Leading into the Steve Wynn quote about ask any of my customers yeah. who are comped how free it is. <laughs> ask any of my customers who are comped how free it is, Bill. You go over and have a lobster and pay 29 or $30 and pay for your room at 120 bucks. You paid for it, and you'll give me a dollar an hour for the parking. Joe Schmo over there, who is a tremendous Kinskino customer, comes down, and we flew him in a helicopter. He didn't pay a dime. That's worth, you know, $1,500. We put him into a suite that would cost $1,500 a night in New York. And we gave him a meal, including Louis Roder, a Cristal Champagne, and 61 Lafitte Rothschild. You know, we finished off with Chateau Akem and Crepe Suzette's or white chocolate mousse. His tab for the weekend might have been $10,000. He signs his name and walks out. He's comped. Except he lost $25,000. Now, did he pay for that or what? That whole mindset, I think, has changed a lot. I mean, I think there's a whole lot of complaints about that, right? Of The casinos don't do this loss leader sort of nonsense anymore. There's no... 49 cent breakfast or even you know five dollar breakfast anywhere it's all not that much yeah and i think the casinos have realized that they don't really need to do a whole lot to get you in the door (laughs) the only place you'll see that is at like very low-end properties these days and i don't think anyone in atlantic city does it right and so it's funny that steve Wynn really talks about this mindset of i'm doing all this stuff to get you in the door to lose money and the casinos rightfully probably have realized that they don't need to do all that and it's such a point of frustration i think for people who are longtime gamblers of like i used to get all these comps i mean i see these posts every two days in the facebook group like what gives my free plays way down it's like yeah they've realized they don't need to give you this stuff to get you in the door they'll give you like a shitty 15 dollar toaster right and like people will be lined up around the block like they (laughs) the incentive to get you there is not a lobster dinner anymore (laughs) That is was interesting, like an interesting yeah. time machine kind of thing. My only last note I have is just in general. I mean, I think in some sense we've lost something in that I don't think there's people really like Steve Wynn that, that much anymore. Where like, I think he's helped in this documentary, like looking better because his nemesis in it comes across as the most ridiculous person that's ever lived. <laughs> yeah, the I think, parking lot lady. Because she is. Yeah. I think obviously Steve Wynn and like that type of person that, you know, like, is me coming on this show really good for business? Probably not. But, you know, I just love hearing myself talk so much that (laughs) like I can't help it. I feel like it's a throwback to an earlier era. I feel like that doesn't really exist that much anymore. Yeah. 
going back to the boardwalk, the toy store guy was sort of a revelation for me of like, you know, why is the boardwalk nothing but shitty t-shirt shops? When casinos came in, I had a, a large store. I had a 75 foot front on the boardwalk. I was there a year and they decided that uh, the area that I had uh, would b benefit them better if it was a deli. So they basically threw me out. So I moved down the boardwalk and uh, opened a, a small store and tried to stay to my better toys. Right now I changed the store to a t-shirt shop. So it's like, oh, yes, okay, apparently the only thing that can survive is... He even says the only thing that you can sell is cheap stuff, is 99-cent gifts and not big It's like stuff. that. I feel like in Ocean City, Maryland, it's like that as well. It's just all t-shirt shops. And the kite loft. Yeah, and the kite loft. Any other thoughts on this whole thing? Again, I, I watched it for the second time just before recording this episode, and, and I thought it was just as good the second time I watched it, so I can heartily recommend just going out and, and watching this on YouTube. And I thought Bill Moyers, like I said, did a, just a fantastic job, and I thought it was really well put together, and I think it gives good background and is still like super relevant in 2023, even though this is from 40 years ago. Yeah, and I think it does a really good job of having some nuance, even though it does, I think, go pretty hard at like, okay, well, the casinos are not... It's anti-casino, for sure. Like, I think that is their viewpoint. But yeah, I think they're still fair in how they present things. Yeah. I mean, one other point, I think it was interesting, the art dealer guy, he said he owned the Marlboro Blenheim, him and a partner, I think. Mm -hmm. And he was ashamed that he didn't fight more to right. keep them from knocking it down, which I think was fascinating that already at that point, 10 years in, there was already a regret about having lost some of these iconic buildings. Because I, in my head, it's the casinos came in, the state did not want these old buildings here anymore. Everything needed to be new construction. Let's knock it all down and build casinos. And it was pretty clear that there were already people saying like, oh, this used to be big, like grand stuff and we've lost it. I think it needs to be said that this was not mentioned really very much. But <laughs> I do think if you look at this through the lens of 2023, the state doesn't really come out looking very good either. Where is all this money going that they're getting? <laughs> Obviously not to Atlantic City. And people are like pestering Steve Wynn about why he's not making the city better or whatever. But what is the state doing? <laughs> Yeah, he only sort of mentions Nothing. that very briefly, like the money's going right. to the state, like the state's made a ton of money, right. and has been big winners in this. I mean, I do think Steve Wynn is very much trying to absolve the casinos of any blame. And I think you can still blame the casinos for being short sighted in which they are, or well, they certainly were and, and continue to be, I think. They are saying like, well, it's not our job to improve the town. But like, okay, well, if you don't improve the town, then, you know, that's why Atlantic City can't support more than nine or ten casinos that's why it's gonna start going downhill in 2000 right like people don't want to go to a town that looks like that so mm -hmm. obviously you know the casinos interest is in making the most money possible and like we've talked about this a ton on the show like they have no incentive to do that especially when they're just raking in money hand over fist for really like the next 15 years after this video yeah. was made yeah, so. yeah anyway it's great highly recommended that's kind of my review of things yeah like i said if you like the show you'll like that show my favorite commercial that came up during it was the Yugo commercial, but, you know, I don't know if you had a different pick. I did have a different pick. The Slice commercial at the very end I thought was kind of good and wild, too, if you watched till like, 58 minutes. Oh, I did not. I, uh, I turned it off after the terrible CBS song. The Lawn V shampoo ad oh, that, with that the woman, was like, like, whispering. Really creepy. It was terrifying. The 80s, man. It was, it was terrifying. Perfume-infused shampoo, basically. Parfum. <laughs> 
But yeah, the woman is like, I don't know, some sort of Eastern European or something, has an accent, yeah. made up to the nines, hair all permed out. It's like basically a 1-900 commercial from, from back in those days is what it came across as to me. Except it's for shampoo and not for 1-900 numbers. So, that's the video. It was excellent. Yeah. Thanks for finding it. Ever needs a little you go sometimes. That's true. I like how it has rack and pinion steering. <laughs> rack and pinion steering. And front wheel drive. Which the Ford also, they were like, this Ford Taurus has got front wheel drive. Yeah. Front wheel drive was a big deal in 1986, I guess. I mean, I think it is more convenient in some ways. Like, oh, you're tired of spinning out every time yeah, you hit a patch of ice? Tired of just like, yeah, being stuck <laughs> in the snow forever. <laughs> yeah, it was great. All right. Do you want to do like one or two of these mailbag questions? I think that's the best thing to do. And we can save the other ones for the next, you know, data extravaganza and not trip reports. Okay. I've got a couple that I think are worth saving. Let's do the first one first. All right. RPB on Twitter asked, do the AC casinos still have race books? So hopefully you've done some research on this. As far as I know, the only one that still exists is in Borgata, but you are free to correct me if I'm wrong. That, I believe, is correct. So there used to be a little one at Harrah's. There used to be a mm -hmm. bigger one in Caesars. In Bally's, there used to be one as well. Bill's Poker and Ponies. Yeah, I mean, the, the race books have sort of made them obsolete. I mean, the sports books. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating to me that Borgata still has an actual race book. Horseshoe in Maryland has a, has a race book. Does it really? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a picture recently, actually, in one of the Facebook groups of somebody had sort of gotten behind a barrier and taken a picture of Caesar's race book, still almost entirely intact, very dusty mm -hmm. and very, like, trapped in a time capsule. So that was interesting. Where was that? Remind me. I can't remember. I don't remember either. I don't know where the Caesar's one was. So, yeah, only Borgata, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. So I'll go to this other question. Lou D, also a mailbag legend, asks... When I'm in Rhode Island, I drink Narragansett beer. When I'm in Pittsburgh, it is Iron City. And sadly, when in Maryland, I actually seek out Natty Bow. Not a Maryland beer, but... Not anymore. I will interject here to say that Natty Bow is significantly better than Iron City, which is not saying that either of them are good. Uh, I think I see is fine. I haven't seen a local old school shitty beer in AC, but wondering if there is one I'm missing. Craig, don't try to tell me that some millennial hipster bullshit hazy IPA is a good substitute. I'm looking for something on par with Schlitz. I have to defend Craig here. He would not say a hazy IPA is a good substitute, but probably a regular IPA, hipster, regular IPA. Yeah. I have said on this podcast in the past, I love fancy barrel aged whatever beer that's $10 a bottle, mm -hmm. but I really love cheap swill i am not above drinking natty light bush light high life i think is fantastic but i have to say disappointingly there is not an ac beer like this is there anything like that in new jersey at all no i don't think we really have sort of that like local crappy macro kind of beer philly even that's what i researched because i was like maybe philly sort of has something like this and i couldn't even find that Where's Genesee from? That's like upstate New York? Yeah, upstate That's New a York. cheap, cheap, shitty beer. Yes, very, yeah. very shitty beer. For a second, I was going to say, like, the closest thing maybe is almost Yingling. Like, Yingling's in Pennsylvania. You can find it everywhere in AC. Eh. But I, it's not really the same. It's not the same. And AC, as in its own, does not have something like that. So there's not just, like, a classic crappy ac beer and i don't think there's even a crappy classic philly beer but somebody from the philly area can maybe correct me on that 
Although, you know, they have, like, yards pale ale everywhere, everywhere, and that's really crappy, so maybe that just fits in. That's a joke, yards because fine. Yards is a microbrewery that thinks yeah, it's yeah. good. I think most of what Yards makes is very, very bad. Yeah. Victory, that's from Pennsylvania, right? Trogues? I don't know. I think all those are maybe Pennsylvania. Trogues and Hershey, Victories, I don't know where in Pennsylvania. But, again, these are, like, little microbreweries. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. This, it's, the... it's, uh, it's a millennial hipster bullshit, as <laughs> Slooty says. Diving Horse Pale Ale Yeah. at the Tun Tavern. That's like, you know, it's not all the way up the alley of what Ludi's looking for, but more so certainly than like the seed. Yes, I agree. I mean, again, though, I think you've got to still call it sort of millennial hipster bullshit. Yeah. But it's the closest thing. It's the closest thing they have. Yeah, no, there's I, I don't know of anything that's really exactly what you're looking for. And I think we can save the other questions. Ludi has another question, but I think we'll save that for a further mailbag episode. Oh, unless you want to go for it. I can go for it. I'm reading it now. So he asks, what is going on with tiles? I've noticed a quick decline in offerings in the last two years, and Kyle's talked about the drop-off as well. Seen a trap over the 4th of July. The table was never open. Ocean's two tables are down to one and seem to be only open limited hours over Memorial Day weekend. Is this due to declining demand? Is it not profitable enough, or is there a combination of factors? I would assume it's a couple things. Declining demand might be one of them. I have no idea. Uh, Someone who's kind of more plugged into the gaming world would be able to tell you better i think it's probably a combination of like it's not super profitable and maybe demand is you know maybe people are willing to play something else if there's a tile stable not open i think a lot of it is it might be hard to find dealers to deal it too Uh, i mean i think a lot of what you're seeing at casinos is because they're just having problems staffing at the salary they want to be able to staff these table games at no one wants to work kyle i mean no one wants to work for whatever the going rate is (laughs) I mean, you can look around and say, like, you know, it's probably a good thing by and large, but, you know, unemployment is, like, historically low still, more or less. So, yeah, I mean, staffing's a problem. I I assume that's a lot of it, too. But, uh, you know, it's something that if things do start to come back, tiles would be an easy thing to just be like, eh, we don't need to bring that back. So I hope that doesn't happen. But I've definitely noticed it as well. Tiles is much less prevalent than than it has been. They did still have one tiles table open when I was at the horseshoe baltimore by the way and zero normal pie gow or face up pie gow tables open so that's fascinating just being being the tiles destination on the east coast (laughs) yeah i think you're probably right about the dealer thing although the horseshoe example Uh uh, is a fascinating counterpoint to that but it's a much harder game to deal i think a lot of what we're hearing with dealer stuff is you know, they want you to be able to deal multiple games. That's why they tried to do this craps thing where you only need one stick man and you're putting in your bets on a kiosk and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's a very specialized game with specialized rules, whereas, like, you can probably deal Pygao poker very easily. I mean, I've had some terrible experiences at Pygao tables, though they've been profitable because the dealer hasn't known what they're doing, where, you know, the dealer has to, like, go to the computer in the middle of the table, which tells them how to set their hand, and they're still making a mistake every time. Like, nothing like that exists in tiles right now that I know of. So it is a complicated game that's hard for people to pick up, and I would assume a lot of it is just staffing problems. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Would you play video Pygao tiles? If somebody made a video version of Pygotiles. I don't know why I would do that, but maybe. When I was in Macau, they had video Baccarat that teased you in the same way that a squeeze game does, where it like turns the corners a little bit when you're doing it. And I played that for a while. Oh, interesting. Just to get familiar with it. And I thought it was fun just because it was like a novelty and like you, you like the teasing you know, every once in a while. 
I was going to say, like, the the thing about Baccarat and Tiles is both, like, a squeeze game. It's tactile, right? In a way right. that, like, very little other gambling is. And so you just lose all of that in, in the video oh, machine. But, yeah, no, they've, they've, they've made one that's like, it. you know, you'll, you'll, they, like, let you peek at a corner and you can peek at the other corner. And, yeah, no, that's good. I haven't played Tiles in a while. Maybe I'll play next weekend when I'm in oh, Atlantic City. So full of shit. <laughs> hey, I am staying at a hotel that has at least seven Wonder Woman machines. That's true. And it has a tiles table that certainly when I went was not open on Saturday night. And apparently when Ludi went over the 4th of July was also just not open at all. So Yeah, I don't expect to play any table games at Tropicana because playing table games there is a huge pain in the ass because it's so crowded. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll just go to Terrible Video Poker and my Wonder Woman machines. Mm. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. If you want to reach out to us or at least Craig or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content at do for win.com. Reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for win and me at Kyle Askin and send Craig questions to do for win at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to answer at least one next week. I like this uh, answering a couple questions. I like it too. I like it a lot. And I'm hoping that it serves as an invitation to send more questions. Yes, more questions. And then we can just regularly answer questions. You know, I'm sure you have questions from nine months ago in the email box that you still have not responded to, but... Possibly. Yeah, send us more questions. I I think it's fun too. All right. Well, any last words, Greg? No, I'm still sad about the Orioles. Yeah. There's something about baseball, about like the everyday nature of baseball, that when it's over... And you don't have your team to watch anymore. It's like, oh, this really sucks. Like, that was such a, like, nice little thing to have to look forward to every day. And I'm sure in a few days I'll watch the playoff games because, like, playoff baseball is very exciting and good. But, like, ugh. Yeah, right now it sucks. You shouldn't watch any baseball. That's my advice. Yeah, you're not a fan. zero baseball games this year. Except for when I was literally sitting in Camden Yards. It's the only baseball I've watched this year. You know how many downs of of Ravens football I've watched this year? Zero. Zero. And I feel like I'm a better person for it. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about baseball. Well, I can say that Ravens games I've watched, they're 3-0 and this year. Ravens games I have not watched, they're 0-2. So I am planning on watching the London game this weekend, so they should win. And then I will be on an airplane the next weekend, so they're definitely going to lose. I think that's against the Lions in two weeks. So feel free to use that information for your wagering oh. needs. We're handicappers now. Yeah. When is Kyle watching the Ravens or not? I think I should be able to watch the London game. So I think we'll be okay this weekend. But yeah, in two weeks. And the lines are like kind of very good. good too. So, all right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. And we'll try to get you another episode with probably not a trip report in two weeks because Craig will surely not go. You were negative about the Orioles and look what happened. And now you're <laughs> negative about my trip and look what's going to happen. All right. Have a great couple of weeks, everyone. Share the spirit of CBS. Can you feel it all around you? The love is everywhere. Oh, yes, we've got the spirit. It's here for us to share. Oh, it's about friends who've grown to care for. About family, oh, yeah. Share the spirit of CBS. That's what it's all about.
Share the spirit shining bright.